Welcome back, Bible and Business. I am your host, Bill English. You know, every time I hear that Huey Lewis song, I just start dancing. I, it just gets to the bones right down inside of me. So we're here today with Steve Houston, uh, who's part of the family ownership at Bank West. Bank West is located in Rockford, Minnesota, Hanover, Minnesota, and Buffalo, Minnesota. And you've been in the banking business since 1981. Yes, that's right. Long time now. A long time. But we're not going to talk about age or we'll just talk about experience in that, right? There you go. <laughs> yes, thank you. So our topic today is, is what do banks look for in credit applications from businesses? So this is a, a fairly niche topic, but if you're a business owner and you are looking to uh, get another line of credit, you need a new credit facility, you don't want to go the debt equ- or I'm sorry, you don't want to go the equity route. You are willing to go the debt route and uh, you are not going to put any more money into your own business, then you're looking at a bank. And so uh, Steve is going to um, talk with us about what banks look for in credit applications. So, Steve, let me set this up. I'm a business owner. This is a, okay, I'm not but today, but I was. Let's say I'm a business owner of a $3 million business, and I'm having a hard time meeting payroll every week. Uh, it's not that I'm not selling enough. It's just that my customers don't always pay on time. I need to... Uh, even out my cash flow, and so sometimes I'm a little short on payroll. So I talk with you, and I discover that I can obtain a line of credit. Let's say that uh, you're willing to give me a quarter million, $250,000 line of credit on $3 million of sales, okay? Uh, what is a line of credit? Are there different types of LOCs, and what are the first things that you're looking at in this guy's balance sheet and uh, income statements? Okay, um, there's several questions there all in one. Um, I'll well, try, and, I'll try I, you know. and give you some answers that are helpful here. Um, a line of credit, um, it's, it's a loan with a revolving feature, and it allows the borrower to advance money as needed but pay down as they have cash to be able to pay it down. But it still keeps the commitment out there so the business owner knows that they have the money available in the future if they need it. Now, there can be different types of lines of credit. Uh, for example, sometimes a business owner will set up a line of credit uh, during an expansion time. Maybe they're adding on to their business. Uh, maybe their, um, their, their business is growing in a way that they need it just for a short period of time, and they need that revolving piece during that time. But then after that, uh, they maybe need to go into a regular payment. And so sometimes we'll set up a revolving line of credit initially that has advanced features, but then reverts to a term loan after maybe the project is done and now they go into a regular uh, payment. Do you ever convert a line of credit into a term loan because the line never rested? In other words, they never got all the balance paid off and went for a time without using the line of credit. And so you're thinking, this is really more like a term loan. We're going to go back to the business owner and say, you know what, let's just turn this out over three years or five years. Um, a lot of times I'll hear bankers and business owners talk about evergreen loans. Um, and uh, what I get nervous is when our bank regulators are in and they bring up an evergreen loan. Uh, what, what we're looking at there is maybe a loan that's been in place, it was set up as a line of credit, and it's never revolved. Basically, the business owner took it up to a certain level, or maybe they advanced it all right away, and all they've done is paid the interest 
uh, since the loan started, and that's what's called an evergreen loan. And one of the issues with that and one of the things that banks and regulators and I guess business owners uh, should be wary of is basically you want to set the loan up to tie in with uh, some type of repayment that makes sense. And where I see problems sometimes uh, where a business will have set up a line of credit and uh, maybe they use the money to buy a machine and now um, that all they've been able to do because maybe the business is growing, uh, they haven't been able to reduce that principle. Well, the concern that we have as a lender is, at least in theory, the value of that equipment is going down, but the loan balance isn't going down. And so basically, I think the challenge for bankers um, and borrowers is to try and set up the loan structure in the correct way. And what we see many times is line of credit is should really only be used to deal with some of the timing differences, maybe accounts receivable when you're collecting them and when your payables are due. Um, maybe you're a seasonal kind of business where, you know, you're busy uh, making widgets in a certain time period over a calendar year, and maybe around the holidays you're selling a lot, but you're building up inventory during the summer. And I can see a line of credit working really well in that situation where it's mm-hmm. more a timing issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, did an interim CEO for a $23 million warehousing company uh, last year. And uh, part of the, you know, the bank was asking us, they were actually squeezing us a little bit. And they were asking us to go ABL, asset-based lender, for a little bit of time. Uh, and part of the reason that they were doing that is because the line of credit, it was a $3 million line. And we had been at between 2.5, or this business had been between 2.5 and 2.7 on that line for over 10 years. And they were saying, you know, we need to term this out and you guys need to go somewhere else for a little bit of time until you get your cash flow better and you can get some of your debts bought down. Well, so, and I think sometimes uh, it's the bank's fault for yeah, the wrong that structure. Is true. And then all of a sudden, uh, somebody comes in, maybe it's a different lender, or maybe the regulators come down, bring the hammer down, and now they start squeezing that business owner. And unfortunately, I think the bank many times has some responsibility in that structure to set it up right, and that's where maybe it should have been a term loan, and it shouldn't have been a line of credit. Yeah. So I'm a business owner. I'm the, I own this $3 million business. I come to you. I'm making an application for some kind of a loan. I'm going to give you my balance sheet and my income statement. You're probably going to generate a cash flow analysis out of that. Uh, what are the things that you look for on the balance sheet and what are the things that you look for on the income statement to decide whether you even want to have a conversation with this business owner about a line of credit or maybe a term loan? Well, on the balance sheet, you know, we're generally, without trying to get too technical, um, I, I mean, we're going to look at the structure of the balance sheet. What are your short-term assets and liabilities? What do you have for cash coming in from receivables? What cash do you have in the company? And um, what what are your longer-term assets? Maybe you have some real estate or some equipment, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and then we're also going to look at that on the liability side also, um, what what are your payables and what are your longer term obligations? Maybe the mortgages that you have to make payments on. Maybe it's some contract payments. Maybe you bought out a partner. That kind of thing. So we're going to try and get a feel for um, what what that balance sheet looks like. 
And um, we're also looking at the capital accounts of the business. And sometimes we'll see small businesses that have negative capital accounts, and there can be a variety of reasons for that. But the way lenders look at capital accounts is that... And just, and just to interrupt, I'm sorry, but capital accounts on the balance sheet, at least when QuickBooks push, pushes them out, it's called owner equity or just equity. And it can be retained earnings also. And, and negative. Re- so when we have negative retained earnings and or negative owner equity, which probably we would have both if we have negative retained earnings, uh, boy, that's a red flag, isn't it? Well, it's, it's difficult. Um, sometimes there can be reasons for that. And uh, in a small community bank like we are, we try and look behind kind of on the face. What are the reasons for it? And we're not that alarmed if we can understand why there is negative equity. So if there's a if there's a decent narrative around the negative equity, you're willing to listen to that and, and maybe take that into consideration. Yes, because we're going to look at that business as an entity, um, but we're also trying to understand maybe they've only been in business for a couple years, and maybe that's the reason for the negative equity, but their earnings are are growing, and obviously those retained earnings are going to be less and less as time goes on. But we really see the capital accounts as money that can be used for a rainy day, maybe some cash flow needs when um, the business is slower, uh, and basically you have to get through a certain time period where your earnings recover. So from, from your perspective, I'm, I want to elevate this to a, a little bit, uh, maybe a fifty or 100,000-foot discussion here. Uh, for a couple minutes, what are two or three, I'll say, I'll say one to three signs that you, that tip you off to say, boy, this business is heading into a turnaround, that this business is sliding in the wrong direction. They've come to us for cash because they don't have enough working capital. Maybe they have some negative on the balance sheet. And I'm starting to see some yellow flags here that indicate that this business is might be sliding into a pretty difficult, stressed situation that we would require uh, outside help for a turnaround. What would be one to three of those things that you would look at? Well, um, one thing that I learned in commercial banking school a long time ago now is that um, if we think about money running through a business like water running through a pipe, as a business is growing, what is happening is the size of the pipe is growing, but also the length of the pipe can be growing. So basically, if you have the same amount of water running through that pipe, obviously um, that pipe has more capacity than there is water running through it. Just like a business, there's cash that's running through that business. And somehow we need to find a way to meet those cash needs for that business as it's growing. Yeah, we're representing a company right now who's looking at at a line of credit and uh and they are growing so fast that they don't have enough cash to meet uh, their inventory and production needs. And it's really a, a great problem to have, all these new orders, but it's also a very difficult problem to solve on the banking side because the banks are going, wait a minute, maybe we don't want to be in this. Maybe they need to go find an equity investor instead. Right, yeah, and, and really we don't want to be that equity investor. Um, right. We're not set up for that. Uh, at least small community banks are not, <laughs> and most and most mar- large banks aren't either. I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, listen, we're talking with Steve Houston, who's the president at uh, Bank West uh, here in the Twin Cities. We're talking about what banks look for in credit applications and how they evaluate credit applications for small businesses. So. 
We will be back right after this. You're listening to The Bible in Business with Bill English. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hi, I'm Ted Ross with the Faith in Life Minute. The uniqueness of the Christian faith centers on the resurrection. Here's best-selling author of The Case for Christ, Lee Strobel. If I wanted to get at the question of whether Christianity or any other religion is true, if you want to boil that down to just one question or one issue, it would be the resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. He once got up before a group in John 10, verse 30, and said, I and the Father are one. Jesus was not saying I and the Father are the same person. He was saying, I and the Father are the same thing. We're one in nature, one in essence. So Jesus made these divine claims, but so what? I could make those claims. You can, Anybody can make those claims. But if Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, died, and then rose from the dead, then that's pretty good evidence he was telling the truth. And we see that in Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, where he said, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. So that is the ballgame. There's more from Lee Strobel at MyFaithRadio.com. And so we are back in Bible and Business with Bill English and Steve Houston, who is the president at Bank West with offices, or banks, I should say, in Buffalo, Minnesota, Rockford, Minnesota, and Hanover, Minnesota, a small town uh, bank for small businesses. And community banking is where it's at, right? I mean... Well, we think so, yeah. and I think a lot of our customers would agree with that. I, I am always surprised, not surprised, I shouldn't be surprised when I go to take a customer to various banks to help them find a new debt facility. Uh, rarely do we call the big boys, the Wells Fargo's and the City Banks and the Bank of America's, because these smaller businesses, you know, 20 million and under, that's a tough one for those big banks, but guys like you are, are right on the right in the mix there. Well, we really think banking is still a relationship business, and we think that's something that community banks generally have to offer because you want to establish a relationship with a banker that you can look across the desk from. Maybe they come out and visit your business, and you know that they're going to be around in the future, and when times are good, they're there, but when times get tough they're going to be there also, and you're not dealing with a different relationship manager or a credit application that maybe the decision is not made locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's always tough in those bigger banks. You you go in, you get to know one person, and then they've, they've moved on after 18 months or two years, and you don't know who's doing the underwriting, and you're just you're kind of this nameless, faceless piece of paper uh, going through the cog of the process, right? Yeah. So uh, a small business owner comes to you, and he or she is looking for a line of credit. You need to figure out their cash flows. Do they have enough cash moving through this business to service the payments? How much working capital do they have, that kind of thing? How do you do those calculations? How do you look at that? Well, um, I, sometimes this can get kind of technical and, and for those outside of the business world, kind of boring. But some ratios that we try to focus on, um, there's four of them primarily, although we do look at other things. But I think if you're a business owner listening to this show, it would be helpful for you to, to tune in on these. Uh, the first one is a debt service coverage ratio. And what we're looking at there is the cash that's available for servicing the debt that the company has, whether it's bank debt or maybe it's a lease payment or maybe it's you're buying the business on a contract for deed. Uh, what cash do you have available to service that debt? 
and what kind of cash are you is this business generating? The higher the ratio, the easier it is to get the loan approved. So are you looking at the whole debt amount or just the payments on the debt in that ratio? Generally, we're looking at the payments okay. because we're just looking at on every month or annually, what is the obligations, what are the obligations that are out there that have to be serviced? So you're obviously looking for at least a one-to-one ratio here. For every dollar of cash I've got, I at least can pay every dollar of the payment. Yes, and um, for some, at least our bigger businesses, we may have debt service covenants that sure. basically are in place, and that business has to, say, meet a, a 1.2 debt service coverage just so that it's not every dollar is not um, being spent out for debt. Right. So in that case, for every dollar of payment you have, you have to have not only a dollar but another twenty cents of cash uh, being generated by the business. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And again, the higher the ratio, the, sure. the more we like it, and the better it is for the business owner. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, what what's some of the other ratios that you look at? Another one that we look at is the global debt service ratio. And basically what we're looking at, that, that goes along with this first one, but um, we're looking at not only what business income uh, there is, but also the owner's income. Maybe they've got some income from other sources. Maybe they have a spouse that, uh, you know, is, is contributing to the household, even if they're not in the business or if they are in the business. But again, what we're looking at globally, what is the cash flow that the business has uh, with the owner's personal financial information. And you're not you're not considering the income of the owner from the business. You're just looking at additional income that comes to the owner from outside the business. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. I guess what we're we, we don't double count the income okay. because if we're counting it at the business level, then we won't count it at the personal level. Okay. But um, we do take a look at. Um, you know, again, the global amount of cash that's flowing into the bucket, if you will. Okay. The Another ratio that we try and look at is the loan-to-value. And uh, most business owners that are going to be listening to this show uh, obviously would be tuned in and understand this. But, again, we're looking at the value of the collateral that can be used that compared to the loan amount. And sometimes... Um, the reason I gave the first two ratios first is because we have businesses that come in and they've got plenty of equity in something. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be in their equipment. Mm-hmm. And they come in assuming that the the bank is going to approve the loan because they've got plenty of equity in whatever they're willing to pledge. But a lot of times what we have to do is educate that business owner to say, you know what, it's not collateral that pays loan back, it's going to be the cash flow. And so that's why um, we're going to look at the loan to value, but the other two ratios are very important. Help me understand, because if, if everything goes sideways on this on this thing, um, it just seems to me that you're not looking at what the asset's actually worth. You're looking at what you can auction it for, sell it for. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Um, we're looking at... Um, Really, the, the collateral is our secondary source of repayment, though. Our yeah. first source of repayment is the cash, that, cash. That, ge- right. that that business is generating. Right. But if the if the cash goes away, then you have to look at what can the bank realistically get uh, in the sale of this asset, either at auction or, or maybe to a strategic buyer. And it's probably always going to be discounted at some rate. So if the asset's worth 100000 you might only loan sixty or 70000 on it. 
Yeah, it gets really tough when a business is in that position and basically you're in a liquidation mode typically at that point. And the difficulty is for both the lender and the borrower is everybody's fighting for the same cash. Right. And obviously that relationship can get pretty adversarial very fast. But what we found through the years, and again, this goes back to developing a relationship with your banker, is if we sit down and and we're not surprised by what's happening, maybe we can see what's going on. Maybe there's some good reasons. We just had a business yeah. owner, um, unfortunately, this week that... He lost his son oh, in a ooh. terrible car accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, but that son was very involved in the business. In fact, he handled the Internet part of the business. Uh-huh. And so there's things like that that can happen to a business that both the lender and the business owner have to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Because let's face it, it's a dynamic world and things are always changing, mm-hmm. and we need to figure out how to adjust to those changes and that's why I think it's important to have a banker that you have a relationship with. You know, we should have you back and do another show just on how to develop a great relationship with your banker. I can't tell you how many business owners I've met who really keep their banker at an arm's length or maybe two arm's length. They just they only want the money. They don't want you seeing what they're doing because I think they're afraid that if you saw what they were doing uh, and, and you saw the unvarnished sausage being made, so to speak, you'd probably go, well, maybe this isn't such a good credit risk after all. So. We really want to be viewed as a partner in that business and not as the enemy. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think a lot of business owners view bankers more the latter than the former. Let's shift gears. We've got about two minutes left here, Steve. Let's shift gears and talk for just a moment uh, about the characteristics that you see in business owners that are going to be successful and are usually pretty have a pretty good handle on their business, they're, they're doing well, versus the characteristics that you see in business owners where, boy, even though their numbers look good, you're not sure that they're actually a good credit for you. Uh, what are some one or two or three comparisons there that you would make? Well, one of the real important things, um, and we talked to our lenders about this at BankWest, is the character of the individual. And um, we've we've had deals over the uh, past years where uh, we had business a business owner that showed uh, or a company that showed millions of dollars of net worth, and um, what we found in some cases the character of the business owner was not there, and unfortunately, and, and specifically, what wasn't there? Well, um, the integrity of okay. of the individual, the honesty, and the commitment. You know, I mean, I look at if I sign a loan document, that's a commitment, and I need to live up to that commitment. Even though some things may change that are beyond my control, I still need to live up to that commitment. And that's what we're looking for in business owners. You're looking for strong character, uh, strong commitment, strong integrity. Are you looking, and we have maybe about 20 seconds here, are you also looking for business owners that understand their numbers and don't just kind of make assumptions about the numbers in their business. Yeah, we really want to see experience, but that business owner needs to demonstrate that they understand what's going on in the business, and they need to come in prepared. They need to have the financial. They need to have worked with their accountant and their advisors when they come to meet with us so that they can prove to us basically that they have a plan and that they can work that plan, but that they need the partnership with the bank. 
Steve, thank you for coming in today. I, I appreciate you being here and, and doing this podcast with us and this radio show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope it's been helpful for it, you and your listeners. It has been helpful for me. We've been talking with Steve Houston, who's the president of Bank West uh, here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And uh, we just thank you so much for coming in. So we've been talking with Steve Houston today about uh, what banks look for in credit applications and what's some of the bottom line things that we can take away from our conversation with Steve today. Well, one of the first things is that you need to understand the ratios in your business, like the debt service coverage ratio, the global debt service ratio, the loan to value ratio. I would also say that there are other ratios like your your quick ratio or your just how much cash do you have in the business. Uh, you need to understand how working capital is calculated on your balance sheet. And we didn't go over that today, but there's plenty of resources on the Internet. If you just Google uh, calculate working capital, you'll get a number of uh, sites that will show you how to do that. As a business owner, it's not enough to say, hey, I've got all this money or I've got all this uh, equipment sitting out there and therefore I'm a credit worthy risk. You need to understand the numbers in your business. And finally, you need to understand that bankers are really looking at your character. When they look at credit applications, they're not just numbers people. They want a relationship with you, but they want that relationship with a person of strong character, strong moral fiber, someone who they know will work with them. Uh, not only to get the loans repaid, uh, but we'll also be honest with them when things start to turn down in a, in a business as inevitably they do. So I want to thank you today for listening to The Bible in Business. I am Bill English, and join us next week for another edition of Bible in Business.